Welcome to the Pre-Health Pod. My name is Lexi. And I'm Natalie. And we're a podcast by students for students who are here to meet you wherever you are. I was going to say who've been through undergrad, but Natalie is still an under- undergrad. So <laughs> very true. Um, haven't haven't graduated yet. Yeah. Well, I know this is a big change for everybody, including me, but I am so excited to welcome season two of the Pre-Health Pod with our very new and amazing host, Natalie Para. I just like to first do a little quick introduction of Natalie. She's currently a junior at Arizona State University and a pre-medical student. And I first met Natalie back, I think a year ago in 2022. It's currently 2023. Time flies. Oh my God. Yeah. I interviewed her for a separate nonprofit that helped with like physician burnout. And she did so well in that organization oh. that I had to have her in mind. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. And I just love her energy and she's just oh. so personable and like Stop. amazing to be around. And so I had to have her on the podcast and I Thank especially you. am glad to have you because now I am out of undergrad and, and I'm going to be a medical student soon. And, and I need yes. someone who has that fresh I guess, perspective, because in the medical school application process, it always changes. <laughs> yes. Amazing. So, yeah. Thank yeah. you for having me. So excited and honored to be here. <laughs> this is going to be yeah. a great season. Again, I was not expecting such an amazing introduction from you. So thank you for that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just so happy to be here. Hello, everyone that is listening. I'm excited for a great season. We're going to learn a lot of good stuff together. So yeah. <laughs> And I want our listeners to learn a little bit more about you, Natalie. So I know you're currently at Arizona State University, but I know you just got back from studying abroad in Madrid, right? I did. Yes, (laughs) yes. It was an incredible, incredible semester. It was interesting because I have never had such a break from science and medicine. So that part was really interesting about it from the beginning. But no, yeah, it was such an amazing experience. I have a Spanish minor, so I really just wanted to practice my Spanish and just get a different cultural perspective. I can really say that it was everything that I wanted it to be and more. And I recommend that literally everybody studies abroad if they have the opportunity (laughs) to. Man, I envy you so much because I tried. (laughs) And failed. <laughs> COVID, COVID, and I actually didn't tell anybody this, but way back when, a few, several episodes ago, I was talking about how I was going to move to Spain. That is no longer happening. Wait, what? You're yeah. teaching Spain? Yeah, it's we... no longer happening. I know. What happened? It's over. Lexi? So, oh my gosh, wait. can we talk about it? <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it. I just figured this out this week. So basically, I was going to do this CIE Teach English in Spain program. And if anybody's interested in that, like, please take a look at it. But I had a weird experience. So when you do that program in the contract, it says like guaranteed placement where you can go teach English in a primary, secondary school. And my program was in Madrid. And I like put down the deposit. I was doing all the paperwork. But the Spanish government had too many applicants. And so they couldn't fill my position. Wow, and so I pull, so I pulled out and got my refund, and I was really disappointed because my friend, we were, I was also going to go with her, and she also got canceled too. So now I'm, I'm here for next spring, and my boyfriend's happy about it. I mean, he's <laughs> not thrilled, obviously, that I'm yeah didn't take on this opportunity anymore. He was going to miss you. <laughs> it's just like I try so hard to go and to spend time in Europe, and it I just know. doesn't happen. But that's I'm okay. So I love sorry. my job right now, so. <laughs> 
<laughs> you do have an amazing job, but the teach in Spain is truly something so unique. So I'm really, I'm really disappointed. Yeah. I, that's such a horrible thing that you set to go, and then they were like, never mind, we don't have you enough spots for you. Yeah, that's but that's life, you know. And yeah, I do have great news though. I haven't told anybody on the podcast yet, but I got into medical school. <laughs> Yes, congratulations. <laughs> Sorry guys, I'm all I'm really excited about this. But yeah, many yeah. congratulations to you, Lexi. I'm so happy for you. I'm just absolutely so excited. <laughs> Thank you. It's a huge relief. And for anybody listening who is currently going through the process or about to apply, you worked hard and you deserve it. And you will get there when I tell you when it happens. Like when I got the email, some people get calls. I just got an email and it's actually kind of funny because oh. it was like, yeah, that is funny. <laughs> the sentence was like, I'm writing to inform you. And I was like, oh no. Oh my God. And it was like, of an acceptance. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. They I was not have <laughs> been a little more creative with that. That's interesting. <laughs> I know. I started crying at work and oh. the dermatologist I work with or work under, he dropped his tools. He was like, started jumping up and down. I started up jumping up and down. I was with a yeah. patient. The patient was like, oh my God, this is so cool. It's so exciting. It's oh like, yeah. That uh, is such a special moment. That is the best way that I could ever have imagined you getting into that. Yeah. <laughs> Literally oh in the gosh. clinic with a patient. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That is so awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the patient was like, how hard is it? <laughs> Yeah, they have no like, idea. It's like it was like you're crying. Like, is it really that oh. difficult to get into med school? It's like it took me six years, <laughs> undergrad and two and almost two gap years. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so many tears over trying to study for the MCAT like twice over yeah. the a year. And oh my gosh, like y'all, yeah, quite it, the journey. It's there. There is an end in sight, but then a new beginning because it all starts over again. Yep. Right. Yep. You're starting right over. You're going to be a student, a little first year in med school. Yeah. (laughs) And then you got to go right back to getting on your best games that you can get the weapons you want. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it it never ends. But, you know, that's part of being a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. But Um, you're going to love it. You're going to thrive in that, in that whole environment it's going to be great for you and you're going to learn so many amazing things I think you're just going to be having the time of your life so (laughs) thank you and you will too girl well you're planning to apply to med school in one year is that right yeah I'm planning to apply spring of my senior year so when I'm graduating I should be sending in my primaries fingers crossed yeah heck yeah (laughs) if everything goes well if everything goes well do you take your MCAT I have not taken it yet, but I am planning to take it at the end of next summer. So I'm going to start studying. (laughs) I will say, Natalie, if I could go back, I would have done that, taking it Mm -hmm. the summer before senior year. Like, that's the perfect time. Right. I regret. I don't even know why I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you, but I can't imagine taking a big test like that after like being in school, like people who do it Mm -hmm. in spring or in the fall while they're taking classes and mm-hmm. having extracurriculars. It's like, well, I guess I still have extracurriculars over the summer, but it is pretty hard to balance all of that if you're trying to study full-time for a test like this. So oh, I think yeah. the summer is the best time. <laughs> no, well, I'm proud of you. Thank you. And if you need study tips, like I'll let Oh, of know. course. <laughs> Happy to help. I always need study tips. <laughs> we can get you that UWorld MPHC discount. <laughs> Yes, very true. Very true. You go to the conference. Yes, I know. 
Well, I want to learn more about you, Natalie, our new host. I know you're planning on joining a research lab in the future, but what else do you do? What are you currently working, doing? My my job? Yeah. What's your job? (laughs) I don't think I even know. Well, I mean, I am super, super blessed to have been born into a family that is medical already, Okay, at least my parents. So I um, work in their office. My dad has a private practice and I kind of just run the front desk. I'm like a like a patient care assistant. I'll help take vitals and just room patients, welcome them to the office, answer calls, schedule appointments, but nothing too crazy, obviously. But yeah, I'm I'm very grateful to have that opportunity from my family. That's That's cool. I would like to say scribing though. Take files. Oh yes, definitely scribe. Yeah, Uh, that is something I really want to (laughs) do. I actually being a scribe really made me stand out in my interviews, especially for the certain school I got into. They were like talking a lot about how they pride themselves on getting students early exposure to Epic, which is like the EMR they use in their system, the electronic medical record. And I was like, yeah, I, I know how to use that for like Ooh. a year and a half. <laughs> um, so you're definitely drag. ahead of the game. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> if, if you're a scribe, you know what I mean? Like it, it's right. hard to use an EMR system. And, and no, if I you can get that experience that. learning how to do that before you go into medical school or even PA school, like you're way ahead of the game. So congrats right. to all of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do want to be a scribe. <laughs> I, it's definitely in the plans. I just want to be a scribe just for the experience for myself, not for, not even for technical skills. I just think it would be a really awesome job to have. I think I would learn so much. (laughs) Oh yeah. I love my job. Definitely depends on where you go. Does your dad's office use scribes? No, I feel like I'm basically a scribe for him kind of. (laughs) Okay. I've never worked as a scribe, so I'm not exactly sure on the logistics of how it works. Like when you're in the hospital or the ER, like I don't know how exactly they follow each other around. Well, what do you do for the note? Do you write any part of the note? Yeah. Well, my dad will do a kind of audio recording of the whole patient consult and then I type it up in post. So I'll like type up his consult for him and then we'll add it to our records. So it's kind of scribing. (laughs) No, I've done that. It's kind of similar because in COVID times when, and this is funny. And when I worked in the ER, if yeah. there was a COVID patient, <laughs> they would uh, have us like FaceTime audio each other, me and the physician, and the physician would have his phone in his pocket and he'd like record his conversation with the patient and I'd type in the office what really? they were saying. Yeah. His phone. That's awesome. <laughs> it, I hated doing it because it like yeah. the service was always so bad. And so I would always be like, can you just tell me what they said? <laughs> this is such a hassle. No, I understand, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's giving me a, an introduction to scribing kind of a thing, but I, I want like yeah. the real like hospital or ER scribe experience. Yeah. It is a little different in a private practice. So but yeah, yeah, that's what I do for work. <laughs> well, let me know when you start looking for scribe jobs. Happy to help. Um, happy to show, like tell you what places not to go to. <laughs> oh, thank you. I will and be coming to you for that very soon. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to work in my clinic, oh. I don't know if they offer part-time. If you want to work in my clinic full-time, your gap year, absolutely, True. they will hire you. Like, I will get you in. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. That would be awesome. Yeah. It seems like the um, physician that you work for is really 
just kind and personable. Oh my God, he's awesome. Yeah, I I love that you have such a good relationship with him because that's not always very common with like doctor's offices that people work at. So that's really awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like in the ER, I was close with like one or two of the physicians, but a majority of them, it was so hard to have any conversations because first of all, we were so burnt out and busy during the pandemic and I worked with a different doctor every shift. Whereas with my current clinic, you know, I work with one doctor all the time and they, it's funny because the MAs at my clinic, they also scribe and they're like, can you scribe with him? Because he has more complex patients and you type really fast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, what's your typing speed? Brag for us. Well, I'm not. (laughs) I would say with spelling errors, guys, like Mm -hmm. 130, um, without, without spelling, it's all, listen, every time I type, it's like that is very all shorthand. It's like treatment is TX, biopsy BX. Like it's all shorthand. And we used to have dot phrases in the ER where if you like t- type dot TX, it spells out treatment, which is so nice. But now my current that EMR nice. system does not have that. And it's such a pain. Yeah. Anyway. That would be very frustrating, <laughs> especially if you're used to the shorthand. <laughs> If you're using yes. shorthand and you can't use it anymore, that would be so frustrating. But 130 is crazy. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I have pretty but good with spelling but errors, guys. Like true. with a lot of spelling errors. That's all right. Um, so I asked this, we did something like this during our first episode for those of you listen, where we talked about our why medicine and like what we have done to get us to here to today. So Natalie. If you're comfortable, I'd love to learn more about your why. Why do you want to be a doctor? Of course. (laughs) It's just such a long, complicated thing, but I'm going to just tell you guys my entire life story. (laughs) So, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) As I told you a little bit ago, my parents are both in medicine. My father is a surgeon and my mom is a nurse. And so I had always had medicine kind of in the picture. I mean, I know that it is kind of not the best thing to say that you're going to medicine because of your parents, but I don't want to say that that is why I'm going to medicine because obviously that's just not true, but definitely my parents are inspirations for me. They're very big role models in my life. When I was younger, I like idolized my dad. Aww. (laughs) He was like my literal role model. I wanted to be him in every way. I thought he was so smart and incredible. And obviously he still is, but just, you know, when you're a little girl, you're so like, they're the smartest person on the entire planet. Yeah. From the beginning, I thought about medicine just because of that. But then I also just in general, I liked science. I loved watching nature documentaries. I was like an eight-year-old, which I don't know if that's normal, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love puzzles and like all that kind of stuff. I just always had a very big interest in solving problems and science. And then when I got to high school, felt even more in love with science. I took AP biology. It was like coming home. I was like, this is everything that I ever could. It just clicked, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so then from there though, I had a lot of different interests. I was also really interested in engineering, like computer science kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I really loved that when I was in high school. I also really loved That's interesting. Isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like people don't usually expect that from me. But yeah, I was super involved in computer science when I was in high school. And I was like part of the computer science honor society. And I led wow. like, a whole yeah volunteer project thing. It was just awesome. And I had a really good mentor in computer science when I was in high school, which like you talk about often, mentors are really important. So yeah, 
I had a great mentor who really believed in me and she was my computer science teacher. So So, that kind of threw a little wrench in my plans because I was like, wow, should I pursue computer science? Like, I really enjoy this. It's so fun to solve the puzzles. I don't know. So I thought about it. But then I realized once I got to ASU, actually, so I'm I'm pretty late to being sure that I wanted to do medicine. I think Mm -hmm. I was actually a freshman at ASU when I was like, okay, I need to just pursue medicine. That's not late. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) No. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You've like known that you wanted to be a doctor since you were like born. So I think. (laughs) Well, I also know a lot of people who decided like junior or senior, but yeah, I guess freshman year. Yeah. 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 I remember being a freshman and really just so conflicted. Like, should I change my major to computer science or should I stay in biology and pursue medicine? I couldn't decide because I don't know, obviously like it's a good thing to have family in medicine because you get a lot of experience to it, but then you also see some of the more negative sides of medicine really early. So it's just, I was pulled like two different ways. And in the end, what really made me decide was I just needed that human connection that you get from medicine and that you don't get from engineering, which I know <laughs> engineering can make that happen. But usually a lot of engineering jobs are very solo, maybe like at home yeah. kind of a thing, if that's mm-hmm. correct. Oh, I yeah, I mean, engineering boyfriend, Alex, he's in the, well, I mean, he's a Saturday, but normally he'd be in the other room by himself coding, but mm-hmm. we have Christmas parties, so it makes up for it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, that's so fun. (laughs) I was just going to say, I don't have an engineering boyfriend, so I can't speak too much on the engineering part. (laughs) No, yeah. So I got more involved in medicine to see if it was what I would want to do. And when I got more involved, I fell in love with it so hard. It was like I really needed to put myself in the scenarios and the environments and I needed to actually research and figure out what life would be like in the future with both of these professions. And it just became clear to me from there. I was like, yeah, I need, I need to help people. I need to be in service of others. I can't just be by myself, like with a computer. I don't want that life. I need just kind of more social interaction and just something more gratifying because I love social. Like, yeah, you are so sociable. Like I can't imagine (laughs) you you working from home. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I I either. Tried working from home for like two months this past Mm -hmm. summer and I was not happy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think you definitely are meant to be in a profession where you're always (laughs) in connection with people. Yeah. Um, I might go out of my mind, I think, if I was just at home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I get that. Also, just another thing is that a lot of people tell me or they would tell me when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. I had a lot of people tell me, I don't see you in medicine. And I was like, that's interesting. Cause like, why? (laughs) You know what I mean? What do you, what do they mean? What? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I was like, well, what is the reason? They're like, I don't know. You're just so bubbly and like friendly and happy. (gasps) I just feel like that doesn't seem like a doctor. I was like, Oh my gosh. I think that's a big problem. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is either the stigma against women or this is just a problem that we need more doctors to have better bedside manner because that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. I've met a lot of physicians, unfortunately, who really struggle. I've met a lot of physicians who really make an effort to sit down, have a conversation and a connection where others are just like in there to evaluate you for your ailments and get out of there and move on to the next patient. And there is a huge difference in quality of care across the board. Yeah, But it's also understandable because 
the way a lot of like administration is designed is patient appointments are often so short, like 15 minutes or 10 minutes. And like at my clinic, our appointments are all 15 minutes, but my physician makes a, a point of sitting down and like asking you about your life outside of what's going on with your skin. That's awesome. <laughs> and so I really, really admire that. And I talked about that a lot in my interviews. I was like, that's the type of doctor I want to be. And I definitely think that'll be the type of doctor you will be, Natalie. <laughs> like, you. honestly, and that's, this is something um, the physician I work with says all the time. He's like, honestly, my job is just an excuse to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's an excuse to connect with people on a deeper level. I mean, I mean, yeah, something that's so uniquely gratifying to be the person that somebody goes to when they're at their lowest or yeah, their, they just need help from somebody and they come to you. That's awesome. <laughs> and it definitely depends on the specialty. I mean, For I think sure. you can definitely do that in Durham. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about other specialties. Yeah. Emergency, it's maybe really maybe. hard in the ER. <laughs> Some, however, do a really good job like of like sitting right down and like on their level and. Um, something mm-hmm. I admired about the physician I work with is, and something some of the ER physicians did as well, is if they're scared, the patients are scared, he'll sit down and say, what are you most scared about? Aww. And address that specifically. For example, one of my patients is getting surgery to remove a skin cancer. Like he asks, like, are you most scared of the pinprick from the shot? For the numbing, are you scared of like no. the actual surgery? Are you scared of blood? Like, what are you thinking? And oftentimes it's the shot, sometimes it's the blood. And if it's the shot, they're like, we can do something about that. We can put something in it to make it sting less. And so like actually addressing that, it makes patients feel a lot better. I really admire that a doctor. And and Natalie, when you go on to become a scribe and see other physicians work, and if you do choose ER, like you'll see a lot of different doctors and their styles. I think that will really, really help you solidify your passion for medicine. Yeah. But, and what was awesome was I got to shadow in the ER for a while. Oh, nice. So that I wasn't scribing, I did get to shadow a physician, one physician in the ER, but it was <laughs> awesome because I got to meet a whole bunch of different just medical specialists because there was PAs in the ER, there's nurses, there's yeah. EMTs. You have so many different kinds of people that are in one ER just trying to make everything goes smoothly. And so that was really awesome. And talking to the PAs was also really inspiring as well as talking to the physician. So that was a great experience for me. I need to go back. (laughs) I feel like I'm waiting to go back to the ER when I'm a scribe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well, let me know when you do. I will. Yeah. I think we covered the why. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, thank you so much for sharing. I know. And when you sit down to write your personal statement, like when I wrote my personal statement, it was a lot of introspection (laughs) and my true feelings. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of tears. (laughs) Yeah. There'll be blood, sweat, and tears when I sit down to finally write. Yeah. So I feel like I had a lot of conflicting thoughts about it over the years. I mean, obviously now I'm sure, but it's going to be hard to put that into words because I want to be honest about it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A skill. Oh, well, Natalie, I know you're a junior now in your undergrad and an upperclassman pre-med. Do you have any advice for freshmen, sophomores, or even like late high school students who have honestly gone through you have, like they're trying to decide if they want to do computer science or pre-med or whatever other major degree that they want to go into? Like what advice could you give them? 
Yeah, of course. I think that my best advice would be to research, research, research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's very, very worthwhile to put the time into truly digging deep into your own like introspection, how Lexi was saying. Introspection is really important. Dig deep into where you see yourself in five years, what kind of person you are. Honestly, take a personality test and <laughs> look at your results of your personality test. And <laughs> you can kind of fit that into what your future could look like and if your professions would match that. So if you're like me and you're really wavering back and forth, research it, think about your own personality and really get yourself involved in those spaces where you're around people that have the same interests as you and where you see your future going because the people that you surround yourself with are basically your future, if that kind of makes sense. Aww. <laughs> so surround yourself with people that you want to be like, and then yeah. it'll just fall into place. Everything will fall into place. <laughs> Natalie, that's like the best advice. I, I would really? have said the same thing. Yeah, that's like really good. Yeah, Great. join your AMSA or AMLA club that you have at yeah. your university, some sort of pre-med club, get involved. Yes. Uh, come to my conferences, wink, wink. <laughs> yes and our, <laughs> our next conference is march 22nd to the 23rd you can get your free ticket now at nationalpreconfconf.org there's my plug <laughs> awesome awesome um, great conference <laughs> but now everything you said ex- exactly makes sense the people you meet will yeah. provide the resources you need to be successful yes and things will just fall into place like i feel like all throughout undergrad things just kind of happened one thing after yeah. another my research experience came about because I met some student in some social club my freshman yep. year. I joined scribing because I stumbled upon this table at the, some pre-med fair. That's and awesome. I studied abroad because I saw someone else was studying abroad and I asked them about it. And then I became a nanny because of one of the doctors I scribed for. Like It seems like everything seemed to flow together. So Exactly. You just got to connect yourself, put yourself yeah. out there and the opportunities will follow, honestly. (laughs) And one more very important thing, do what you love and what you are most passionate about. And it doesn't have to be medicine. If you love playing Frisbee, the ultimate Frisbee team, go do that and join that as soon as you Mm -hmm. can in college. Or even if you're a senior, like I did that first semester of my senior year, it was hard to fit in my schedule, but I really tried. <laughs> like that was probably some of the most fun I've really had in a while all of college. Like do something yeah. really, something fun that you love. And honestly, That's so important. that will make you stand out a lot in your medical school interviews. Mm-hmm. And when they ask you, tell us about yourself, you can talk about that. Like I am yep. an avid rock climber, painter. Um, <laughs> I had one of these interviews where they were like, my first question in the interview was, yes, I know you're going to be a doctor, but what is your and? Doctor mm-hmm. and what? What do yep. you love? I said, I love to plan events. That's my thing. I had a friend who was like, I am a yogi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a friend who's like a dancer or <laughs> someone awesome. was like a digital website designer. You know, there's other parts of you that are also really awesome and cool and don't be afraid to also dive into those in college. Don't make it all pre-med unless you really, really want to. <laughs> yeah. No, you're so right, Lexi. That's so important. I feel like that's one of the biggest ways to, to avoid getting burnt out from being even being a pre-med student. People get burnt yeah. out. And if you don't put your time and energy towards things that you love and that bring you joy outside of pre-med, it mm-hmm. will get pretty exhausting pretty quickly. So yeah. exactly right. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, Natalie, it has been such a pleasure having you on our first episode of season two of the Pre-Health Pod. Um, we're so excited for our, our new listeners joining us. And if you'd like to listen to any of our old episodes, please do so. We'll have plenty of new ones coming up with deans of admissions of medical schools, potentially an AI expert in medicine, lots of fun stuff. Uh, someone who's starting up a new medical school. And if you you know, live in Arizona, you might know what that is. Wink, wink. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, I will be starting medical school soon. So once I'm in medical school, I hope to continue this and give you the advice of firsthand of someone who is starting fresh. So that is so awesome. We're here for you to meet you wherever you are. DM us at Pod as well on Instagram if you have any questions. But let me actually roll the credits before I start rambling more. <laughs> so thank you again, Natalie, for, thank you. for joining. I can't wait for more episodes. This podcast was produced by Ari Rosenthal, Lorelai Edmonds. You can find our conference on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at National Pre-Health Community or MPHC 2020. And you can also find our pod on Instagram at Pod. Please DM us. You can find all of our events at nationalprehealthconf.conf.org. We have, again, our National Pre-Health Conference, Unleash Your Potential, which is March 22nd to the 23rd, as well as our PA conference coming up on April 13th of 2024. And please like, leave a review, or tell one friend if you liked our podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>